From the studios of Teeing It Up in the swamps of Jersey, this is Teeing It Up with Jeremy showing for Wednesday, November 11th, 2020. Thank you to all who have served. Um, we thank you for your service and your dedication to, to, to this country on this Veterans Day. We are joined by the host of the Course of Life podcast, Alex Lazan. Good morning, Alex. Yeah, thanks for the introduction, Jeremy, and shout out to our veterans as well, and great timing with it being a rare Master's Week in November. Can't believe I'm saying that. This is so bizarre. This is, <laughs> it just feels so weird, so odd. Take it, though. We have a very odd weather forecast, um, which kind of keeps changing. So, as some people have asked me for picks and recommendations, I'm torn between... Is this a traditional Masters where, say, a Xander Shoffley-type player, Patrick Cantley, Kyle Morikawa, not a bomber, not short, not Brendan Todd short, but, you know, 300, 310 kind of, versus Bryson, JT, Rom, DJ, Kepka, the guys who can really get it out there. We know it's going to be wet, but we've never seen a Masters in November. We've never seen the impact of the Bermuda and how much the rye overseed has been able to take hold. And we've never seen how well it drains this time of year. So there's so many unknowns. I, I've basically told people, make a decision, but here's the two ways that I'm looking at it. How are you looking at it from a 30,000-point view? Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, the weather should be somewhat of a factor. I saw that it's maybe more likely to be wet and rainy in the earlier half of tournament week. Things could get better later, but again, that's just all. Those are those are all just the meteorological guesses that we rely on too much sometimes. Um, so you you got to kind of have a mix, I feel like, on your card of people you like if you're uncertain about the weather. You're going to throw in a couple of those ball-striking, regular-length hitting guys that you mentioned in that short list. And then, you know, in case things do get wild... And it is a, you know, hit it as high and far as you can and watch the ball plop the earth with a little bounce and roll type of scenario, then you're going to want to have, you know, one of the bombers on your card. Not necessarily saying it's going to be a Bryson or DJ because those are the easy picks, but, you know, there's eight or ten guys that fit that mold these days. Really is. Um, I was asked uh, by somebody, who is your guaranteed to make the cut guy? And I said, well, Charlie Hoffman's not in the field, so I don't know who to pick from that category. (laughs) First round leader. I like that shout out. Yes. So, uh, Charlie, try to make it in next year's field, please, so that we can more easily answer that question. Um, But I feel like, you know, if if, if you're debating between Henrik Stenson and JT Poston, I would think that you would give the nod to Henrik Stenson. Um, so when you're looking at your card, and especially for these people who are in these pools that are picked two people from A and two people from B and then three from C and two from D and one from E, what are you telling these people in terms of where to, to put your money? And by the way, Alex, co-host of the Course of Life podcast, also the Teeing It Up Senior Golf Betting Analyst. That's right, yeah. And so my, my card typically looks like about, you know, six to eight different guys of varying odds to win. And I put those on my uh, Twitter, Course of Life, one Wednesday afternoon, so you'll see those up by the end of the day. Um, but in terms of people that are in those pools and they're looking at different tiers, uh, basically you, you want to make sure that sprinkled in each of those categories, you have a player that's got familiarity 
and 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 repeatableness uh, in terms of performance on this course. That's not a word, but I like using it anyway. Guys that are consistently good and have consistently performed well at Augusta, because this again, it's it's rare and that it's the major that visits the exact same venue every single year, unlike the others that we see during the course of the golf calendar. So it, what that means is it places a premium on the good memories and the good vibes and the knowing their way around the course, so they can turn 74s into 72s and 72s into 70s and keep themselves around and in contention no, ma- no matter what type of playing conditions it, it, uh, there are at Augusta. So you, you want that mix of guys that have been around for a while and played in a lot of Masters and also maybe newer guys who are just in good form and ready to have a good major championship. There's a lot of questions surrounding Jordan Spieth in that is Jordan on the way up? Is Jordan on the way back? There's an odds from Jeff Sherman uh, late last night that had him at 80 to 1. There's tremendous value there if you are a believer when it comes to Jordan Spieth. You and I have both, just as golf fans, taken the tactic of we have to see it from Jordan on a weekend before we believe in Jordan. It's kind of the same Phil Mickelson thing that we have to see it. For a lot of people, that's Tiger right now, needing to see him put together four good rounds to be able to start looking at him as a possible pick for events. Where do you fall when it comes to Tiger, sorry, to uh, Spieth, and you know, guys in the back who are not in shape per se right now, but have shown form at this event in the past, and you're just like, God, there's tremendous value back here. Why is this person hanging back here? I look at Dylan Fratelli, by the way, as one of those players. He's played in adverse conditions over in Europe. His odds are astronomical. You can get great value with a guy like Dylan Fratelli right now. I like that you just shouted out two Texas Longhorn teammates there uh, <laughs> that won the national championship together in Spieth and Fratelli. And honestly, I like Fratelli more than I like Spieth this week. If you have to ask me to pick between the two, I hate to do this to Jordan Spieth, Jeremy, but there's a, a very juicy prop bet out there about whether or not Jordan Spieth will even make the cut. And he is a 3-1 to one underdog to miss the cut, meaning you can place $10 on him to miss the cut and win 30 in return. That's a juicy bet. I think I'm going to have to lay the money on that because I just I, his form has been all over the place, and you've seen it. Augusta is the type of course that will multiply the errors that we've seen him make in recent weeks, which have been uh, preventing him from making cuts and playing more consistently recently. So if he's anything like the form we've seen in the last six to eight weeks, he's not playing the weekend. Um. One of the things that obviously we have to talk about uh, um, as 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 we talk to uh, as we talk to Alex is on here on the Course of Life podcast. Uh, sorry, on uh, teeing it up. He's the co-host of the Course of Life podcast. Sorry, I, I it just kind of became your third co-host. Sorry about that. I appreciate that. No, yeah, we'll use this for both then. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, is Bryson obviously, and is the forty-eight inch driver going to make it in the bag? Maybe yes, maybe no, maybe whatever. But but here's what I find interesting about this. So here's the tweak in that weather forecast: cloudy and hazy and foggy right now in Augusta. Thunderstorms later, locally heavy rain tonight. Thunderstorms locally heavy rain. This is the remnants of Tropical Storm Ada. Thunderstorms in the morning and then more scattered in the afternoon tomorrow, and then it clears out as the track for Ada is now more of a northwest Florida and into southern Georgia, southern South Carolina, southern North Carolina track than a panhandle track, moving some of that moisture aside. And then just regular old rain showers come back in the forecast for Sunday. 
but it leads you to a forecast of 83 today, 79, 78, 71, 76. Over the weekend, it's a drier forecast. Bryson has a high launch angle. Dustin, high launch angle. Uh, Brooks Kepka, high launch angle. Justin, high launch angle. Rory, high launch angle. And then you look at the guys like John Rahm and Cameron Champ, huge hitters, long hitters, lower ball flight. So when you look at this forecast and then you look at Bryson, are you a believer in Bryson just in general? Or are you more of a believer in Bryson because wet turf may mean a higher ball flight? Or is this change in the forecast going to maybe drive the course out and it suddenly leads you less likely to pick Bryson solely because of ball flight? Yeah, I think my overarching theme with Bryson this week is regardless of where he finishes and what he does and how he hits his drives, I think we're still going to be woefully impressed with the lines and the angles and the distances that he's able to pull off at Augusta. He's going to do things that kind of wreck our perception of the way some of these holes have been played in the history of watching this tournament. Again, this being the Masters, it, it's at the same course of year. We Golf fans have more familiarity with this 18 holes than any other 18 holes in the world, in the game of golf. That, that's just a fact of the matter thing. So when people see the lines he's going to be taking and the fact that he can get potentially three wooden definitely driver onto the third green, you know, things like that immediately early in the round are going to have you turning your head I don't know how he's going to get it done short game-wise. I think he's always had a tough time chipping and putting around the slopes of these Augusta Greens, and uh, that's going to be a big question mark for him. But bottom line, the angles, the yardages, and the distances that you're going to see him on, uh, put on display because of that high launch angle you discussed, no matter what the weather is, they're still going to be 20 to 30 yards more impressive than anyone else in the field. And, and I, I just feel like no matter where his performance is, that's still going to be the highlight. Is Did you see what Bryson did on this hole? Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to those takeaways and, and to see if there's any uh, future Bryson proofing uh, in the works for Augusta after what we potentially will see this week. Where's your head at on Rory? Um, the odds that I had here from a couple days ago have him as a 12 to 1 um, favorite. If you go back and look at his four major wins, they've all been on wet golf courses. Congressional was soaked, very similar to this week when he won the 2011 U.S. Open. The Open Championship he won was a wetter week. And then the two PGAs he won, people forget because Kiowa finished under his son that they had weather problems either between rounds two and three or between rounds three and four. And then, um, um, uh, sorry, Valhalla um, uh, uh, was also a rain-soaked event. That, yeah, that, that, in the dark. Right. Yeah, so where's your head at on? Is this the right formula? Is this the right recipe for a Rory win? Or does this have nothing to do with anything related to weather for Rory? Yeah, I don't know. I just I, I look at all the top names uh, in terms of the top list of favorites with your odds maker. Guys that are between Bryson at seven to one, and you know Kepka at fourteen to one. There's a slew of let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of them. And I can I can make an argument based on recent form and how these guys are feeling heading into the tournament to put them a step ahead of where I like Rory's chances. I, I just I don't know. It does it doesn't feel like it's going to be a, a Rory week, and I don't know if it's going to be wet like we really think it is. I think it's going to be a softer course, and I think we're going to have rain during the portion of the week, but 
I don't really think it's going to be that monsoon washout type deal where we have a long-standing delay and um, it's ultra soft like we've seen in Rory's wins past. I'm, I'm, I'm personally keeping him off my card. I know he's a very easy guy to bet in majors because he throws himself into contention a lot, uh, but I'm, I'm not looking in his direction this week out of the group of the guys that are favored up top. Dustin, Patrick Reed, um, Brooks Koepka. Uh, uh, sorry, uh, Dustin, Jason Day, Brooks Kepka. Did any of the three of them do anything in Houston that, that changed how you looked at them coming into this week? I would say, you know, obviously the line moved on Dustin. He was about 10 or 11 to 1. He's now down to about 7 or 8 to 1. Uh, it was funny to see that off of the performance in Houston. But I was a little bit more impressed with Kepka on the weekend. It was back-to-back 65s, I saw. And... Um, it looked like he had a very kind of good control of his game, uh, which is perfect timing. He seems like he's in a good place mentally as well. So he's a name I'm looking at right now. Um, definitely in that in that batch that I've been talking about, those top seven favorites. You know, he's hasn't he's almost sliding a, a slight bit under the radar with with the hype around Bryson, the viral shot of John Rahm, which is plummeted his odds down to 8-1. to one. They performed DJ last week. There's, there's actually a little bit of an under-the-radar feel with Brooks Kepka this week, a uh, four-time major champion. So that, that'll be interesting to watch. Okay, there's a lot to unpack here. You're saying that John Rahm having two aces, including one skipping uh, uh, skipping over the water at 16, which somebody would never do in a tournament, has lowered his odds? It did, it did. I, I swear to God, Jeremy, I was looking uh, on my odds maker and I saw him at plus 1,000, exactly 10 to 1. I'm now looking this morning, he's at plus 855, which is about 8.5 to 1. So the, there, there was a bite there. there. There was a bite from the public that saw that shot. I mean, it was it's freaking everywhere. I saw it on local news, national news, sports news, non-sports news this morning. So I, I swear, people were jumping on that this week. They will really go for anything this year. Here's what's crazy, Alex. You and I both know two things. A, that That'll never be done in the actual tournament. B, Augusta National uses hole locations they can't use during the tournament in practice rounds. That pin is way, way, way back left. You will never see it back there. The the slope uh, percentages are just ridiculous um, in that location. And they're lowering the odds off that, which is just... It it just blows my mind. But I guess... You'll appreciate this from a broadcast perspective and our backgrounds, Jeremy. I was watching uh, local news here in Austin, Texas. They came in and did the story, and they showed the shot. And one of the anchors, who just knew absolutely nothing clearly about the situation or what was going on, actually genuinely thought that was an unintentional shank by John Rom. That, that, and so they were actually playing the story out like that on local news in Austin. I, I got a kick out of that. I knew you would, too. Oh, my. Oh my! I mean, you can't even tee off from there. And and somebody joked, by the way, my my. And this is just an aside. My my favorite tweet about that shot was that somebody uh, wrote on Twitter. Uh, he took an illegal drop, I guess, because it wasn't knee height when he put the ball down to skip it. So so that's a penalty, and that it's not an ace. Um, which, which I th- I thought was a hilarious. I I think it was Alan Shipnuck who uh, tweeted that. Um, okay, um, you said you had notes. Is there anything off your notes that we have not yet mentioned uh, in the first 15 minutes of this pod? No, not, 
particular, we covered a lot of the, the big names. The name I was looking at, who we've been talking about for a while, who I felt like was due for a good match, which was Joaquin Neiman. So unfortunate to see that he's going to be out because of his positive test. Uh, a guy that's way under everyone's radar. It, he's basically my, well, it's 2020 and everything has gone completely haywire, so why not pick? And, and that would be Ricky Fowler to come from absolutely nowhere. His odds are around 60 to 1 right now, so there is a little bit of value in terms of where he would normally sit heading into a major championship week. Everyone always thinks, you know, this is a guy who's got a lot of top fives in majors. He goes around, so because of that, he gets a 30 to 1 or 41 billing. His odds have fallen because of the lack of seeing him on course and the lack of him being in contention recently. So that, that's a random guy, a little bit off people's cards, uh, a name everyone knows we haven't heard in a while uh, that I'll be putting on my card this week. Um. See, my question with Ricky is he's going through swing changes with John Tillery. I have him for the 2021 Masters. I just have a hard time thinking he, he can put it together over four days this week. I would rather him in a matchup better in a top 15 or a top 10 bet than I would to win. You know what? Yeah, yeah. And that, that's fair. The only other thing I was thinking with Ricky is I feel like he might be a golfer that might benefit from not having fans there. I think he's going to benefit from maybe a bit of a more serene environment where he's not kind of commanding a massive gallery and feeling that expectation directly tournament week. Um, so here's to that maybe being some sort of leverage for a player like him that's been trying to find his swing recently. It's interesting. Could help Jordan Spieth. Um, yeah. You know, too. Because uh, 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 just so that people know, and and uh, uh, by the way, Alex Lazon's with us, Course of Life podcast. Um, there will be patrons in these galleries. It'll be volunteers, rules officials, media members, your guest, whoever you have given a, a, a credential to, which usually is, um, I think you get two, which is either going to be some kind of significant other or family member and a coach or, or, or an instructor, agent, you know, trainer, whoever you want. Um, plus, uh, plus an Augusta member and their guests. So there will be, for some of these high-profile groups, a smattering of people, and you will hear some applause, not from the media, but from the other folks um, walking around in there. So uh, there, there will be some noise, but it's going to be largely quiet. All right. Um, my pick to win this thing, actually to win the golf tournament, is Justin Thomas. He's due. He loves this event. I think this is his time. He found out what was wrong with his game two weeks ago at Zozo when he was missing all those shots right when he tried to hit it hard. He's probably worked on that with his dad over the last two weeks. Justin Thomas is my pick. Who's your actual golf pick to win the tournament? And any other betting things you want to point out here in our closing seconds? Yeah, no, I'll just shout out a couple quick friends of the podcast. Again, it's Course of Life on all platforms. We had uh, Sebastian Munoz's caddy on, Teo Gomez recently. I'm going to throw a dollar on him at about 100 to 1. Nate Lashley, I don't know if you saw, I just posted on Instagram, but he actually went up to Tiger on the uh, practice area and gave him a master flag to sign and got a picture of him, uh, with him and everything. So that was a nice little moment for our buddy Nate Lashley, friend of the show, going off at 300 to 1. But like you mentioned, your pick, my pick, that's a good option on JT. He's probably going to be on my card the other guy i gotta shout out though a little bit of a spoiler i like patrick reed's chances this week to get another green jacket at around 30 to 1 that's the guy that's gonna be on my card interesting 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 he's alex is on course of life podcast uh chief betting uh chief golf betting analyst here on teeing it up alex thanks for joining us absolutely happy masters week you got it same to you and thank you all for listening to this edition of teeing it up with jeremy Schelling.